that there may be food, spiritual and natural. We bless every person here today and we thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Who is ready for the word? I am ready for the word. Let's stand as we honour the word of God and welcome Pastor Jonathan as he comes. Right. Father, I thank you today for who you are. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you that you, Lord, are the greatest miracle of all. And I pray today, Lord, as we take time to, to open up your word, that you would open our hearts, that you would open our eyes, that you would open our understanding, and that your word the seed of your word would take root in our hearts. And Lord, that it would bring forth fruit, fruit that will touch people's lives, that will make a difference in our world. And we thank you today that, that each one of us was born for a purpose and with a divine purpose. And today, Lord, we honor you. May you speak to us through the, through the moving and through your Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Come on, let's give our worship team a big hand. Good to have Sam and Carla with us this morning. And uh, I like the guitar. I am a guitar. You know, in heaven I'm going to be playing a guitar. Uh, and uh, great to have you all here. Like Di said, it's a... It's a significant a Sunday for us. It's the Sunday when we sow our miracle offering. And uh, so I'm glad that you can be here. And if you're watching online, we want to give you a special welcome as well. And all those who are going to watch this at a later time or a later stage. Great to have Danae French with us here. Uh, Danae moved to, uh, to uh, Tennessee, to Nashville, Tennessee. And it's great to have her visiting. Good to see you. Um, so before I share the word that I have in my heart, and we're, of course, all of us have an opportunity to sow and give our miracle offering at the end of the service. We're going to take communion together, sow our miracle offering. Um, before I get into the message that I want to share this morning, I want to give you a, a bit of an update on what's happening with our building. And uh, many of you would have been here last week and you would have heard this uh, some of you are watching online, uh, some of you haven't heard it and it's, it's news to you. And for those that have heard it, well, I'm going to repeat it because I'm told that we have to hear something five times before it really sinks in. So this is second time, or if you were at the breakfast yesterday, this is the third time. But as you know, we moved into this building seven years ago. Hard to believe. It's been seven years. And uh, we moved in with a three-year lease. And we stayed seven years. That's pretty good. And uh, we obviously uh, knew that the day would come when the development that's uh, been taking place here uh, would move from phase one over the road to phase two, which is where the Saddleback campus is, and then finally phase three. And we discovered recently that uh, phase two is about to start, so the Saddleback building is about to be demolished. Um, and we thought we would have... Uh, a while longer into phase three, but uh, the owners of the building have decided that they want to turn this building into a storehouse, 
for their wood and timber and building supplies. It's been a storehouse for us, for the kingdom of God. They want to turn it into a, a storehouse and they want to put their administrative offices here while they develop phase two. So the reality is that we need to move out of our building. And of course, over uh, the, if, if uh, I mean, we're all familiar with the fact, we're all aware of the fact that the world is a very different place to what it was at the beginning of 2020. I always love going back to videos of the beginning of 2020 and listen to everyone talking and thinking, you know, maybe when you do that, you get God's perspective on it. You know, they don't know what's about to happen, <laughs> but it's okay. I'm still on the throne. So back beginning of 2020, and we were making provision for our future and, and looking forward to moving forward. Well, of course, COVID changed everything. Church locked down. We weren't able to meet here for 10 months. And that was on and off, remember, for a while. And, of course, church attendance right across the United States of America and the world declined uh, for numerous reasons, which we don't need to get into. But the reality is that that was the case. Um, not, some areas were not as affected as others, but, of course, uh, we were amongst those that were significantly affected. And our attendance declined and has um, um, a lot, of, lot more online and our income as well. Uh, declined as well. Giving declined with that. So we really basically used up all of our reserves and we're not, have not, are not in a position now to be able to move into another building. But the reality, or move into another permanent building like this. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking an interim step and moving into a, a kind of a temporary situation so that we can then uh, set ourselves up for the future. And I had a really good conversation with a contact I made in Australia, uh, which is a group of businessmen who like to help churches get into buildings and work out a plan to fund uh, churches and help churches take a step into a building that has other uses other than just a building. So I'm working on that and we're working on it and I'm excited about it. They have... Uh, um, eight billion dollars in assets in church buildings 400 churches in australia one in new york one in in the south of london that they're working on right now and i'm hoping one in orange county so uh like die says yes like die says resource flows through relationship and that all came out of a relationship friend that we've had for many years gary price and his daughter bindi who have a a uh, material business called Materialize, great name for a business, and we're doing business here in, uh, in, in, or in Orange County. We invited them to have coffee, uh, we went out to lunch, we invited them to dinner, we invited them to stay overnight, and they stayed overnight, and through the conversation, this came about. And that's a whole other story, but um, so that's where we are at at the moment, and our move-out date is the last Sunday or the last day, August 30 days, has September, April, June, and November, all the rest, 31. Uh, August 31st, uh, we're going to be moving out of, uh, need to be out of the building, and we have secured another venue that is, a, uh, that is an interim venue, and how many of you know, we've been, in, we've been in a lot of different places. We started off in Josh Locum's, which was a nightclub. 
Then we moved to a movie theater, the Lido movie theater. And then we moved to a school. And then we moved to a warehouse where we are now. So we've been in a nightclub. We've been in a, in a movie theater. We've been in a school. We've been in a warehouse. And so now we're going to uh, move into a movie theater uh, as a temporary step. And how many of you know the big six movie theater that's in Fashion Island? It's the one with all the bright lights. Well, we're going to be uh, moving there. It's going to be a setup, uh, just a temporary uh, location for us. But I think it's a great location. There's lots of great places to eat afterwards and to hang out together. So that's going to be our next step. Um, and so what we're doing today uh, and as we plan for our future and the miracle offering that we give today is going to play a significant part in our capacity and our ability to be able to transition. There's a lot, of, a lot that's involved in moving out. And one of the things is, one of the challenges we face is that the, the uh, owners of this building have not been um, easy to work with over that COVID period. And uh, uh, when we were finding it difficult to make uh, the payments over that period, as were people all over the nation, uh, we had to uh, make a commitment that our deposit that we had put down on the building would be used to make up the shortfall of our rent during that period. Even though we weren't able to meet in the building, uh, we needed to pay the rent. So that means we don't have that moving forward. So what we give today is uh, really important and it's significant and it's going to help us set up. Am I worried? No. I'm going to let God worry. And the good news is God doesn't worry. So it's okay. God's on the throne. We're going to be able to do it. Um, and, but I wanted the church to know so you can be praying and understanding that when we give today, our miracle offering is going to make a difference. Last week, I talked about the miracle of the house that we build for others is the place where our miracle happens for us. Like the widow, not the widow. She was the one before, the story before. The, the notable woman of Shunem who, uh, who made space for Elisha when he came through the town of Shunem every so often and invited him in for a meal, just like we did Gary, our friend, and then said to her husband, let's build a room. And she built, they built a, made a room available for him, put a, a light, a table, a chair, um, and, and a bed in there. And long story short, uh, a miracle happens because of what she did for Elisha. Elisha says, what can I do for you? And she says, nothing. Elisha's servant said, she has no son. Elisha says, okay, I'm going to take care. I'm going to give you some sleepless nights. This time next year, you're going to have a son. And so he has a, she has a son. The son grows up. He, he has some kind of a stroke or fit and collapses and dies. And she puts her son in the room that she built for Elisha. And Elisha comes and prays for him, and he's raised to life. Long story short, the place that she built for someone else was the place where her miracle happened. People here have built this house for the last 16 years. And the place we build for others is the place where our miracle happens. And I believe that as we continue to do that as a church, Di shared many of the stories, 
we can uh, see miracles happen in our own lives, in our own situation, in our own circumstances. We always want to be that kind of a church where we're looking out, we're reaching out, we're building a place for others. God's going to build a place for us. Do you believe that? So that was just kind of preamble to my message today, but the series that I've been on in May has been entitled, Where's the Miracle? Where's the Miracle? That's a good question, and I'm sure it's a question that all of us have asked, where's the miracle? All of us can think of times when we've asked God uh, that question, and we've been talking over the last few weeks, I've shared uh, several things that I believe is where we find the miracle. We find the miracle in the process. We find the miracle in the process, if you're American. That means we can't bypass the process. We have to get aligned to God's process. The miracle is in the process. Secondly, the miracle is in God's Word. I love the Word of God because the Word of God is living, it's active, it's, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces and divides soul and spirit, the joints and marrow. It discerns the intentions and thoughts of my heart. The Word of God is living, active. It has miraculous power. When we get the seed of God's word into our spirit, it transforms and changes us. The miracle's in the process. The miracle's in God's word. The miracle is in the seed. When we plant the seed, the seed goes into the ground and it dies and it springs up and it multiplies. We have to release something in order to receive something. We put the seed in the ground and God multiplies that supernaturally. And then the fourth thing, as I shared, the miracle is in the house that we build for others. So today, the title of my message is, where's the miracle? The miracle is here. The miracle is here. I want to read one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And I'm reading from Genesis chapter 26. And verse 1. This is the story of Isaac. Isaac, of course, was Abraham's son, the son that he waited 25 years for, the son that was a miracle. Um, and so Isaac has now grown up, and we read in Genesis 26 and verse 1 there was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Verse 12, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. 
for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. I want to talk this morning about how the miracle is here. And much of what I share this morning is to do with sowing seed because today is a day when we are sowing and giving our miracle offering. But the principles that I talk about are not just uh, solely applicable to the giving of an offering or the sowing of seed. They're principles that apply to our lives right across the board, every aspect of our life when it comes to believing God and it, when it comes to the, the supernatural realm. Because as I've said before, we live in two worlds. We have a choice. What world we live in, what world has the ascendancy, what world speaks the loud, what voice speaks the loudest. We live in a natural world and we live in a supernatural dimension. We live in a, in, in a physical world and we also live in a metaphysical world. And so these principles apply right across the board. But I want to share, and I'm in broad strokes, uh, I, I pray that this message will, will inspire you and encourage you in your journey of faith. Not just when it comes to finance, but when it comes to every area of our lives. So where's the miracle? Point number one. Are you ready? The miracle is here, not there. The miracle is here, not there. So there was a famine in the land. And what was the first thing that Isaac did? He looked there for the miracle, not here. He looked to Egypt. And this is what we read. Uh, the Lord said to him, don't go there, stay here. Don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. Now, it was natural for him to look there. It was natural for him to look to Egypt. There was a famine in Canaan. It was natural for him to look to Egypt because, first of all, that's where his father had been. Fathers, be very aware that the decisions and choices you make are setting a pattern for your children to follow. Abraham went down to Egypt. He lied about his wife being his sister. Isaac is tempted to go down to Egypt, doesn't go down to Egypt, but still lies about his wife being his sister. And so there was a pattern that was developed, but it was natural for him to look there because that's what his father had done. His father had gone there to see his needs fulfilled. He went there looking for a miracle. The other reason that God didn't want him to go there was because Egypt in the Bible is always a symbol or a picture of the world system. It's a picture of the flesh. It's a picture of our carnal natural nature. And it's a, the contrast is of course the world's economy and system versus God's economy and system. How many of you know God isn't in God isn't worried about a potential, um, uh, a potential financial, uh, what do we call it, recession. God's not worried about that. God doesn't have a recession. He's concerned about, he's concerned about you and he's concerned about me. 
And so it's a picture of many things, the difference between natural provision and supernatural provision. God's saying, I don't want you to go there to rely on natural provision. I want you to depend on my supernatural provision. So the miracle is not in the natural position, provision. It's in the supernatural provision. I'm not talking about geography here. With him, it referred to geography. But I'm talking about for each and every one of us, when, our, when there's a famine, what's a famine? Gas prices going up. I got an instant response there. Interest rates going up. Um, inflation. There's a famine in the land. And when our situation is impossible, our natural inclination is to look there, is to look to the natural. But God's saying, I want you to know that the miracle is here, it's not there. I want you to stay where I have told you to stay. I want you to stay fast and stand on my word rather than looking to natural circumstances or natural things to turn your impossible situation around. His natural inclination was to move. His natural inclination, you don't sow seed in the midst of famine. I'm not speaking to farmers here, but you don't sow your seed in the midst of famine. You save it. But God spoke, and Abraham listened, and he stayed, and he sowed, and a miracle happened. And I want to encourage you in this season, when you turn on the constantly negative news, and you're going to hear about the impending doom, and you're going to start filling your pantry with food to last you for five years, or seven years, and so on and so forth, that that. We can stand on God's word. We can stay planted in God's word. We can stay believing and we can sow because the miracle's not there in in but the miracle is here. The miracle is in our trust in God, our faith in God, our application of his word to our lives. And the application of his principles to our lives. Can you say amen to that? The miracle's not there. The miracle's here. The miracle is here. Secondly, the miracle begins now, not then. So the miracle is here, not there. The miracle begins now, not then. So what do we read that Isaac did? Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. So what did Isaac do? He didn't sow then, he sowed now. What does that mean? He did not wait until the prevailing conditions were right, or he didn't wait till the conditions were perfect, or he didn't wait for the right rainfall, and he didn't look to all the read all his agricultural manuals to work out when he should sow. No, he sowed based on God's word. He didn't wait till then, he sowed now. So the miracle is not then, the miracle is now. Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 4, whoever watches the wind will not plant. 
Whoever looks to the clouds will not reap. The Today's Living Bible puts it really well. It says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Think about it. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Isaac had a miracle because he didn't wait for perfect conditions. He did what was counterintuitive. Reason told him, save, hold on to your seed, save your seed, don't sow it, sow it, don't sow it now, sow it then. Sow it when the conditions change, when the conditions are right. In the meantime, save it, store it, grind what you need, be frugal and eat it because there's a famine. But God says, sow your seed now. And he set into motion a continuum of blessing. I want you to think about this. Blessing isn't just an, in, an individual moment. It's a continuum in our lives. He set into motion a continuum of blessing. And we read it in the next verse. I love this. It says he sowed his seed and the man began to prosper. And he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. He began, he continued, he became. There is a continuum there. There's a momentum that took place in his life. A momentum of blessing. Many years ago, Di and I, we were newly married. We were living in a house that was a three-bedroom house. Uh, we were a blended family. And Bella had just been born. Our first daughter had just been born. And there were four of us. There were the twin boys who I think were, at 1998, the twin boys were three or four years old. And London had just been, uh, London was in heaven. Uh, Bella was, had just been born and Rachel, our oldest, was living with us. We had six in a house and three of them, three of the kids were in one bedroom. Bella was on a trundle bed that pulled out from underneath the bunks. And we were, we were praying for a house. We're believing God for a house. And we had a miracle offering coming up in our church there. And we had made a commitment of, of $1,500, which... 25 years ago is more than $1,500 today. And we'd made a commitment of uh, $1,500. And we were saving up for a house. And we literally didn't, weren't able to make any headway. We were living hand to mouth, week to week. We, uh, uh, we weren't saving. And we didn't have the offering. And the offering was coming up. So I was really praying and asking God, God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I felt like God said to me, well, what have you got in your house? So I looked in my house and I found in my house a guitar. This guitar in actual fact. Wow. A Fender Stratocaster that I had bought at Manny's Guitar Store in New York in 1992. If any of you know anything about guitars, Manny's Guitar Store is one of the most famous guitar stores in the world. It's where all the great guitar players um, Dave Gilmore, Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, all of those have bought guitars at Manny's Guitar Store. And Jonathan Wilson as well bought a guitar <laughs> at Manny's Guitar Store. So even if I can't play like them, at least I bought a guitar in the same store as them. And so I looked in the house and I had this guitar. 
And I said to Di, I really feel like I, this was guitar was kind of sentimental and it was money that ha I had inherited from my grandmother that I thought, well, I'm going to do what I always wanted to do, buy a really good guitar. And this is a really good guitar. It's an American Strat. Um, and so I, I said to her, I think I'm going to sell the guitar and sew it into the miracle offering. And so I, there was a young guy in our church who'd been eyeing my guitar. He had a spirit of covet covetousness on him. <laughs> and uh, great guy. Andy Wallace was his name. And I said to Andy, Andy, would you like to buy my guitar? And his eyes lit up and he said, yeah, I'd love to buy your guitar. So I said, well, I, I want to sell it because I want to sew it into our miracle offering. And, he, and, and so I sold him the guitar and I sold him the amplifier. I had a Fender amplifier. And I sold it to him and I sewed the money into our miracle offering. And I feel like that was a significant moment for us, for Di and I, because it was a moment when we made a personal sacrifice that it wasn't just money that we had in the bank. It meant it cost us something. And we have always, Di is one of the most generous people that I know in the world. I have to keep putting the brakes on and reining her in. She is outrageously generous. And, and, and so I, I just... I feel like it did something probably more in me than it did in her. And, and we, we began to become more, we began to take bigger steps in sowing seed into the kingdom. And God began, we, we initiated what became a continuum and a momentum of giving and receiving and being blessed. We had many, many miracles, but one of the miracles was because this guitar is connected to a house. We were praying for a house. Dai's dad has been very smart with properties and he had a house that, and he needed finance. And this house at the time was worth $750,000. That was a very conservative price. And he sold us the house for half price. Wow. He gave us basically $375,000. And I know that that was because, not just because, I mean, he didn't have to leave an inheritance to his daughter at that time. But I believe that it was a result. God saw our heart to build his house and he said, okay, I'm going to build your house. He saw the sacrifice that we had made. And that house, we developed it. We spent a lot of money developing it. It was a beautiful house. And just when we'd finished it, God spoiled it all and told us to move to America. <laughs> And then as a result of that, we pulled all the money that we had out of the house, all of the equity, to move over here and plant Newport Church. And so Newport Church, in a sense, this house, came out of this guitar. And then the resource that we sowed into the house saw this house begin to develop. And then we were able to sell that house and buy a house here in the U.S. So the point that I'm making is that God wants to see a, not just a single blessing, but a continuum and momentum of blessing yeah. in our lives. And it all comes back to sowing the seed. And here's the kicker. Here's the funny thing. Many years later, you say, well, why do you have that guitar now? Good question. Many years later, Andy Wallace, who moved to, uh, who, who moved to Denmark and married a, and a girl called Hannah Knutsen. 
And uh, uh, I sent a, a, I saw, and he posted something on Instagram. He was with his brother. I said, so good to see you with your brother. And he direct messaged me back and he said, hey, uh, Jonathan, do you remember the guitar you sold me? I said, I sure do. He said, well, I want to give it back to you. And so he gave it back to me. And so I, he, we shipped the guitar back from Denmark to California. It went from Sydney to Denmark to California. It left my hands. I cast my bread upon the waters, and after many days, it returned to me. So not only was this a seed that was sown sacrificially, but it brought great blessing because God saw what was in our heart. And I believe that God wants to do that with each and every one of us. I believe that God wants to bless us. Because the last thing that I want to share is that the miracle is not just here instead of there. It's not just now instead of then. But the miracle is for us and them because as we look at this story we see God says I will bless you and to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father and I will make your descendants them multiply as the stars of heaven and I will give your descendants them all these lands and in your seed Jesus all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. The blessing was for Isaac and his descendants and for you and me. The seed that Isaac sowed in the land, we are reaping today as the church of Jesus Christ. The, the miracle is for us and for them. And I think that sometimes we, we think about, oh, I'm going to sow a seed, I'm going to sow that guitar and it's going to leave my life and that's it, I've made that sacrifice. God works through us personal sacrifice, but he gives back to us. And not only does he give back to us, he blesses others as a result of it. And I hope that through the giving of that guitar and our other giving and the, 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 the seed that came from our house in Australia that enabled us to plant this church, I know that it has been a blessing to thousands upon thousands of people over the years. And the seed that you have sown as a part of our church has been a blessing to, our, uh, to thousands and thousands of people over the years. And when God blesses us, the blessing is for us and it's for them. And as our team come, I want to close with this story. And it's a, another story that took place just before we left Australia. This is 16 years ago now. 16 years ago, we were at a conference in Australia that was in a large venue. Thousands of people there. And a friend of mine came up to me and said, uh, we were just about to plant our church. We'd put all of our assets and resource into the expense of moving. And if you ever moved internationally, let me tell you, it's expensive. We put everything into moving over here and setting up our church and so on. And he came up to me and said, look, we're, we're trying to put together an offering to honor someone. And I'm wondering if your church could give a thousand dollars towards this offering. And I thought, my first thought was, 
Well, we haven't even started the church, so why are you asking me? And secondly, I thought, you've got to be out of your mind. We need it more than he needs it. But God tempered my natural reasoning. And I thought about it, and I, I thought, mm. then God said, Jonathan, remember, sow your seed in the morning, and in the evening, do not withhold your hand. So I talked to Di about it. We sowed that seed. We came over here and we started the church. And just after we started the church, Di fell pregnant with London. It wasn't, it was God's plan, not our plan. I just want to tell you that. I was shocked. I'm still reeling. The only problem was we didn't have health insurance because we were still in the first year of our uh, being in America and so we had travel insurance, makes sense? Yeah. You can have travel insurance for a year and then you get your insurance dealed out, uh, sorted out. But the problem is that travel insurance doesn't cover having a baby. They say, you better go home and have your baby back in Australia and we weren't gonna do that. So we were in a pickle, we didn't know what we were gonna do. And so I went back to Australia to the same conference exactly one year later. I'm in the same building, one year almost to the day, and someone walked up to me who is a, he's a well-known pastor from another part of the world, not Australia or, or from uh, America, and he walked up to me and he said, where's your wife? And I said, well, my wife's back in, Australia, in, in America and she's great with child. <laughs> And he said, do you have a church? I said, yes. He said, do you have a church building? I said, yes. Well, I said, no, we don't have a church building. We were meeting in a nightclub at the time. And he turned to someone who was with him, his assistant, and he said, I want you to wire him $10,000. $5,000 for his family and $5,000 for his church. And I just about fell over. Because we had sowed $1,000 sacrificially the year before. And actually that had come from our own personal funds. We'd sown that $1,000 a, a, a year before. And one year, almost to the day, in the same building, God says, I want to bless you. I want to multiply that seed 10 times. And it's for us and it's for them. The blessing is for us and for them. God's not going to leave you out. God wants to bless you. And he wants to bless them through you. The miracle is here. The miracle is here, not there. The miracle is now, not then. The miracle is for us and them. Can you say amen to that? Give Jesus a big hand of praise. What we're going to do right now. I'd like you to stand if you would. And we're going to prepare for our miracle offering. But we're going to take communion together. And I know that our church have been praying and our church have been asking God what God would have them to do. And of course, there are many different ways that you can give your miracle offering. Like Di said, it is over and above our normal tithes and offerings. This is a special offering. And you can give online. 
you can give on our website. Um, you can give by writing a check, which Di and I have done. We normally give online, but we wrote a check because we wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, and you can put, uh, you can you can give after today if you're not prepared. You can give after today, and there is no compulsion in this. We've always done everything out of a free will and a free spirit. No, like the Message Bible says, no arm twisting or sob stories. We want to we want we want to have a spirit of generosity and be free in that. And so thankful for everything that everyone does. Remindful of rem, remember, and I meant to bring. I have two. My uh, two with two mites uh, that remember the widow who gave them the mite, and Jesus said that in in Luke's gospel, I think the story of a widow who gave two mites, and he said this woman gave more than all the wealthy people gave because they gave out of their abundance; she gave all that she had. And so Jesus measures our gift not by its size, but the level of our personal sacrifice. And for everyone, that's different. And we understand and we know that. But whatever we do, let's do it in faith. Let's believe God. Like that guitar, the story of that guitar. Like the seed that we sowed before we came here. God wants to do it for you. He wants to do it for our church. He wants to do it for those that are yet to walk through our church. And if you've given online, what we're going to do, you can take this card. And when we take communion... You can take this card, just pop it into that container just as a symbol of, hey, I'm participating. If you haven't done it yet and you're going to do it online, still put that in there. Or even if you're here today and you're visiting, we don't, you're under no obligation to give. Come forward and take the communion cup and, and take communion with us. Share communion around this table with us. If you want to give something, you're very welcome to do that. And we're very appreciative of that. But we don't want anyone to be under any compulsion or obligation. Let this be done out of a free will and a free spirit. And if you're watching online and you're not ready for communion, you can run to your cupboard and get anything that's red and, 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 and put it in a cup and take communion with us. Uh, and, uh, and, and we'll take communion together in this moment and you can join and participate with us. Um, but it's an, this is a significant moment. When we take communion, we're remembering that Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. My guitar is just a kind of a, not even a drop in the ocean. The sacrifice compared to the sacrifice that Jesus made for each and every one of us. It cost him everything. Every drop of his blood that was shed for you and for me. And if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I I want to encourage you in this moment. When I pray in a moment, I'm going to ask everyone to put their hand on their chest. And I'm going to ask God to do a miracle in each of our lives and through each of our lives. And if you've never accepted Christ, I'm not even going to lead you in a prayer. I just want you to say yes. That's how I came to Christ, in an armchair on my own in the middle of the night in front of a fireplace in the Blue Mountains in Australia. I was on my own and I had a vision of Jesus and I said yes. I pray that you have a vision of Jesus and that you just say yes today. 
and he will come into your life and transform and change your life just like he did me. But I want to pray for you. And then the team are going to lead us in a song. And just in your own time, come forward, take that cup, take it back to your seat, and I'll pray before we partake of communion together. Put your offering or the symbol of your offering in that, in that container. But I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray that God blesses and multiplies the seed you sow and that many, many, many people will bless, be blessed and in heaven you're going to meet them and you're going to see the fruit of what you've sacrificed. Let's pray together. Put your hand on your chest. Father God, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your amazing love. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus knowing what it would cost him and you for him to hang on a cross and take the sins of the world upon himself so that we could receive the greatest miracle of all that our sins would be forgiven that our slate would be wiped clean and that we would be given the gift of forgiveness the gift of your holy spirit of your presence of your love and the gift of eternal life where we will be together with you forever and ever and ever. Today, Lord, we thank you for that. And for those that are saying yes, we pray that you, Lord, would fill their hearts with your love and grace. May they know you as they receive you with that simple yes. For every other person that's here, Lord, we all, there are miracles we need, miracles of physical healing. Miracles of emotional healing, miracles of financial provision, miracles of relational restoration, miracles of your love and grace and supernatural provision. And we thank you, Lord, for the reality of the miracle, that the miracle is not there, it's right here and now because you're with us. The miracle is not then, it's now. Because today is the day of salvation. And the miracle is both for us and for them. For us, because you're going to work that miracle that we need and that is on our heart. But for them, because through us, we are going to be a blessing. A conduit and vehicle of blessing to others. And Lord, may, there, may we continue that momentum of, of your blessing as we continue to serve and honor you through the sacrifice we make today, as we eat and drink, we thank you for all that you did for us. Help us to build a house for others, knowing that that is the place where our miracle will take place. We honor and worship you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. May this seed be blessed. May this seed multiply supernaturally and may this seed cause great faith and joy to be expressed in our hearts in Jesus mighty name amen and amen as the team lead us in worship